I'm speaking on the subject, the season of revival. The season of revival. We have three passages to read. Beginning with Psalm 85 and verse number 6. Psalm 85 verse 6. Will you not revive us again? That your people joyce in you. Hosea chapter 6 and verse number 2. Hosea chapter 6 verse 2. After two days... He will revive us. On the third day, He will raise us up that we may live in His sight. The third passage is Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse number 2. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 2. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So the catch word in all the three passages is the word revive. Revive. It's important for us to understand the meaning of that term, revive. There are several meanings, but for purposes of this service, we'll pick two of the ones that I have listed. What is to revive? Number one, to revive means to awake from spiritual slumber and ministerial apathy to awake from spiritual slumber to awake from ministerial apathy ministerial apathy Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 6 And verse number 46, he's asking a question there. He says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Why this apathy to instructions to the voice? Of the master. When in John chapter 10 and verse number 27, John 10 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Revival will be needed. When his sheep no longer hears his voice. When his sheep no longer follows him. 
There is spiritual slumber. There is spiritual apathy. The Bible speaking in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 14. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep. The sleeping position, spiritually speaking, is a position of slumber, a position of compromise, a position of apathy. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Awake. That is a position you are supposed to be, and that is where you used to be. You are wide awake, but you have fallen asleep. That is why you can't pray anymore the way you used to pray. You can't study the scripts anymore the way you used to study them. You can't obey the voice of God anymore the way you used to. It says return to your original position of spiritual vigilance. It says awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. It's a message that God is speaking to those that are in spiritual comatose. Those that have backslidden in their commitment. The things of the spirit to the things of God, to the agenda of the kingdom. To revive is to awake from spiritual slumber. To awake from ministerial apathy. Because we saw that picture in Matthew chapter 13, verse 25 to 31 in the parable of tears. In the parable of tears, people were wide awake, running for the master. Making sure the seed was planted and sown into the ground. But after that successful feat, when that phase was accomplished successfully, the Bible says men slept, which is a position of spiritual compromise. Men slept. Men slept. There are so many listening to me that are in the sleeping position. Spiritually speaking, there are quite a number of you listening to me who are in a sleeping position. Spiritually speaking, you are in a sleeping position while men slept. Prayer has become a luxury in your life. Studying the word of God is no longer a regular practice. Gathering together in our homes for the family altar. Call it family word sharing and family prayers. is no longer happening. Why? You are in a sleeping position, spiritually speaking. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you that are married couples, you know that your husband is not praying in that house. 
And some of you husbands, you know that your wife is not committed to the things of God. Maybe she used to, but she's not committed. Or all along she has never been a committed Christian and you know it. It's a bother even to you. But there is a call from heaven. Going back to Ephesians 5.14, awake. You who sleep. Because you will be shocked if you continue in your sleeping position. Because the enemy will come to plant tears. And I wouldn't be surprised that in the lives, marriages, families, and spiritual lives of so many of us, tears are already growing, tore. Hence, the breakdowns that you are suffering. Spiritual breakdown. Family back, back, breakdown. Career breakdown. Because in your sleeping position, the enemy came to plant tears. The Bible says in Matthew 13 and verse 26. Media, Matthew 13, 26, quickly, therefore, says, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. The tares also appeared. The tares also appeared. Why did they appear? Verse 25. Take your time. I, know I may be putting you under pressure. I need verse 25, please. It says, but while men slept, that is when evil happened. The evil of having the seed of tares in the garden of wheat happened while men slept. The Bible says when men sleep, the enemy comes to plant tears in their spiritual lives. In their family lives. In their ministry lives. And the evidence of this will be dwindling commitment. And dedication to the things of God. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. People don't just come late to church. No. It's because there are tears. In their lives. Tears. 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 Where God and the things of God are no longer first priority in their lives. So people can decide, depending on the business of the day, they can decide not to come to church. Because there are some commitments, you know. Yeah. We are committed. There are some people today, shockingly, who fail to come to church because they have received visitors from the village. That's the 
and their believer has become. So serious. So compromised. So fireless. There is no fire. There is no commitment. There is no dedication. And that is why God is saying, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. The light of revival. If we may go back to Matthew 13, verse 26. The Bible says they saw tears growing. In verse 27, there was an attempt. Let's go to verse 27, please. Glory to God. The servants of the owner of the garden came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tears? That is a question God is asking some fellows listening to me right now. Did you not pray three hours a day? How come? Days can pass without praying. Did you not read five chapters of the Bible every day? How come weeks can pass today without you touching the Bible, without you reading anywhere in the Bible? Did you not? Did you not say that extramarine affairs are not acceptable in your life? How come today you are full time in it? Did you not? Did you not? Did you not? You never used to miss church. But today you miss church at will. For any reason. For any reason. For any reason. For any reason. Including reasons you never used to entertain in the past. Because today you are calling yourself a mature Christian in courts. We have matured. We know it's not really about attending church. It's not really about praying for three hours. It's not about duration. It's about praying smart. Did you not? They asked him. Put the verse back there. They asked him. Did you not? What we know is that you planted good seed. How come we also seen tears? Thank God that the owner of the garden knew the cause. Because in verse 28, he said, an enemy has done this. My friend, if you are no longer praying the way you used to pray, if you are no longer studying the scriptures, if you are no longer dedicated to the things of God, 
if you are no longer committed to God the way you used to, you must know that that is the work of the enemy against your life. It is the work of the enemy against your life. It is the work of the enemy against your life. And this work of the enemy against the believer is called bewitchment. According to Galatians chapter 3, verse number 1. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 1. All foolish Galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. The moment you think you should no longer do what is important in the sight of God, you must understand that you have been bewitched. So witchcraft is real. Repeated those who say there is no wizard. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 tells us that there is bewitchment. Bewitchment. And so many Christians in our time are being bewitched. Bewitched spiritually. Bewitched financially. Bewitched maritally. Bewitched in many ways. And the most dangerous one is spiritual bewitchment. Where the devil attacks your relationship with God. Where the devil attacks your walk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible speaking in Isaiah 52 verses 1 to 3. Isaiah 52 verses 1 to 3. It says there, awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. He said, awake. To awake means to arouse from sleep. To arouse from sleep. Or to arise from slumber. To awake is to arouse from sleep. To arise from slumber. Can I have it in the Good News Translation? Isaiah 52 and verse number 1. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, be strong and great again. That is, go back to your original position. Go back to your original position. That is what revival is about. It's about restoring the believer, the church where it is supposed to be. To the place of spiritual vibrancy, vigor, zest, zeal, dedication, and commitment. Can I have it from the New Living Translation, please? Wake up. Wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes. What are these beautiful clothes? These are righteousness, integrity, the fear of God, the fire of God, dedication, commitment to the things of the Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody is receiving revival in the name of Jesus Christ. I said you are receiving revival in the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, let us be serious with God. What is to revive number two? 
To revival means to recall from weariness and spiritual fatigue. To recall. To recover, if you like, from weariness and spiritual fatigue. Because there is weariness and fatigue in the journey of life. Weariness, tiredness. Tiredness. To revive means to recall from tiredness. To recall from weariness. To recall from fatigue. Check in your Bible. There is a whole lot that God has talked about. Which will allude to the fact that there is weariness in the journey of life. The weariness of waiting for your breakthrough. To no avail. The weariness of waiting without any breakthrough in view. The weariness of dealing with prolonged challenges. People like Sarah struggled with barrenness for over 25 years. She was tired. And that is why when God said to her husband Abraham that by this time next year, your wife Sarah is going to have a child, the woman laughed. Is it at my age that I'm going to have such pleasure when my master Abraham is also old? And God said, why did your wife Sarah laugh? And the woman lied. She said, I did not laugh. And God said, no, you laughed. So there was an argument of whether she laughed or not. The weariness of unanswered prayers. Some of you are injured and disappointed because the things you prayed about did not work. Did not happen. So the question has been, does God really answer prayer? Does he really answer prayer? If he does, why did he not answer me? In my time of need, in my time of pressure, weariness. Weariness. The Bible says in Genesis 27, verse 46, talking about the family of Isaac and Rebekah. Genesis 27, verse 46, and Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life. Yeah. I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? I would rather die. She says, I am weary of my life. I am tired with the behavior of the daughters of Heth. And I don't want my son Jacob to marry any of them. No. No. That will destroy me forever. That is why they had to put measures in place to deal with their situation. If life is no longer the way it used to be, it is important to put measures in place to deal with the situation. Let us not live in pretense. If it is not working, it is not working. And it is important to put measures in place to deal with the situation. They eventually sent their son to Mesopotamia where he married Rachel as well as Leah. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. In Judges chapter 15, the story of Samson is the story of many Christians in our time. That is why we need to talk about revival. Judges chapter 15, verses 17 to 19. The man, Samson, came face to face with the Philistines. And at one go, he killed 1,000 of them. And the Bible says, and so it was, when he had finished speaking, that he threw the jawbone from his hand, caught that place, Ramath-Lehi, verse 18. Then he became very thirsty. People have said, Pastor, every time I choose to intensify prayers and fastings, that is when my situation worsens. What is the meaning of this? The man had killed 1,000 Philistines at one go. And the Bible says he became very thirsty to the point of death. Lord, why are you bringing me to the verge of We have done so much for you. Why are you not coming through for me? When I have prayed so much, I have dedicated myself so much to the work of the ministry. I have given so much. I have sacrificed so much. Why are you not changing my situation? That is the cry. And the attitude of so many. And some of them are listening to me right now. And they are actually wondering, Pastor, how did you know? He became very thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord. And that is why we are in the house of God today. We want to cry out for revival. Something about us must change. Something about the church of God must change. Something about our families, our careers must change. We need change. Don't you think we need change? And he became very thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given me this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. And now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? Verse 19. My God. So God split the hollow place that is in, in Lehi and water came out and he drank. Now please hear this. And his spirit returned. And he revived. And he revived. And he revived. And he revived. The Bible says his spirit returned. Your prayer life must return. Your zeal for God must return. Your spiritual sensitivity to the voice of the spirit must return. Your zeal and commitment to soul winning evangelism, bringing people to the serving knowledge of Jesus must return. We must return to the place of integrity. We must plan to the place of fire. Fire for God. Fire for the things of the spirit. Concern for the house of God. His spirit returned and he revived. He revived. May you be revived in the name of Jesus Christ. I said may you be revived in the name of Jesus. I said may you be 
be revived in the name of Jesus. I said, may you be revived in the name of Jesus. I'm talking to you. Can I hear a louder shout of amen here? David is king in Israel and is running away from a revolt, a rebellion, masterminded by his own son, Absalom. I pray that in all your life's journey, you shall not be an Absalom in the name of Jesus. David had to flee from Jerusalem because his own son had wanted to slaughter him. And in Second Samuel chapter 16, verse 13 to 14, something happened there. Second Samuel chapter 16, verses 13 to 14. And as David and his men went along the road, Shimei went along the hillside, opened him, and cursed as he went. Because Shimei had defected. Don't think defections started this time. No, defections have already been there. She was one of the people who defected, as well as Ahithophel, one of the chief advisors of King David, defected to Absalom's camp. And Shimei went along the hillside opposite David and cursed him and threw stones at him and kicked up dust against David. The sweet minstrel and psalmist of the Lord. Verse 14, please. Now, the king and all the people who were with him became what? Weary. One of the things that has wearied some of you is exactly this. People's sentiments. People have no kind words for you. They have no kind words. Because, I mean, they have called you all sorts of names, Sister Church. Because you're always in church. Morning glory, uh, Sunday service, midweek service, and so on and so forth. But what they're asking is, why is there no change? You pray and fast, we don't. Things are working for us. Why is it not working for you? We're it. So the Bible says, they refreshed themselves there. Look at that. What, that is what you need. Refreshment. Refreshment. May the Lord God of heaven, whether during the day or the night, whether you are sleeping or awake, may he refresh you in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, may the Lord of heaven refresh you in the mighty, awesome name of Jesus. I'm talking to you, friends. Can I hear a louder shout of amen? Not only that, when you go to chapter 17, verses 27 to 29, chapter 17 of 2 Samuel, please. Chapter 17, verses 27 to 29. The Bible says, now it happened. When David had come to Mehenaim, that shall be the son of Nehash from Rabbah of the people of Ammon. Makil, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar, and Bezalai, the Gileadite, from Rogelim. Verse number 28. Now, please hear this. Brought what? They brought beds and basins 
earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour, parched grain and beans, lentils and parched seeds. Verse 29, now here it is. Honey and curds, sheep and cheese of the herd for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. That is what I'm bringing to you in the name of the Lord. By teaching you the things I'm teaching. I'm bringing you honey. For your refreshing. I said for your refreshing. I said for your refreshing. You have been spiritually famished. Financially famished. Maritally famished. But we decree revival in the name of Jesus. I said we decree revival in the name of Jesus. Revival means the reversal of the unwanted. The reversal of the unwanted. And I decree, anything unwanted in any aspect of your life, anything unwanted in any aspect of this church is now reversed. I said it is now reversed. I said it is now reversed. I said it is now reversed. In the mighty name of Jesus. People, I'm talking to you. Can I hear a louder shout of amen there? Hallelujah. You may be seated. The most important revival is spiritual, personal revival. You can talk about revival of business, revival of marriage, revival of anything else. But if we don't talk about personal, spiritual revival, you haven't done anything yet. Because that is where it all begins from. We cannot bring revival in a territory if we are not revived personally. It's personal revival that leads to territorial revival. Is it making sense here? We need to be revived at personal level before we can participate in territorial revival. No fire went burn. The fields of the Philistines until Samson's foxes were tied together and fire was lit. So they first of all felt the fire themselves before the fields of the Philistines could feel the fire. Is it making sense? Fire must burn with us first. Fire must burn in us first. Fire must burn with us first before we can take it to the territories and communities around us. I hope I'm talking to you. Can I hear you loud? A shout of amen. amen. Signs of revival. Ten of them very quickly. Signs of revival. That is where we're going to end. Or oh, indeed, we'll look at one more thing very quickly after signs of revival. Number one, panting for God. Please, I want you to assess yourself. I want you to be serious, please. You did not come to church to waste your time for nothing. You came for God to speak to you and he's speaking so you need to pay some attention. How do you know that there is personal revival? How do you know that there is church revival? How do you know that there is territorial revival? What are the signs of revival? Number one is panting for God. Check yourself. Do you have a panting for God? 
Are you desperate for God? Do you have hunger and thirst for God? That is where it all starts from. Panting for God. Panting for God. Psalm 42, my friend. Verses 1 to 2. Psalm 42, verses 1 to 2. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? In Psalm 63 and verse number 1, Oh Lord, you are my God, early will I seek you. In this dry and thirsty land where there is no water, I am panting for God, I'm desperate for God, I'm hungry for Him. That is where it starts from. You will know you are in a revival. You will know you are not compromised by the level of your panting for God. But if you can't read your Bible, you are not panting for God. If you can't pray as much, you are not panting for God. 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 Number two. It's a quick listing. Pleasure in the things of the kingdom of God as a way of life. I'm not talking about just having pleasure in the things of God when the message is hot on a Sunday and that week you, you seem to be interested in the things of God. I'm talking about having pleasure in the things of the kingdom of God as a way of life. So whether it is January, May, September or October, you are committed to the things of the Spirit. Your commitment to God is not circumstantial. circumstantial. It is not conditioned on anything else. No. You are committed to God in season and out of season. In season and out of season. Pleasure in the things of the kingdom of God as a way of life. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Yeah. Yeah. In Psalm 102, verses 13 to 15, it's the same thing. It says, You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time has come. Look at verse 14. Now, here it is. It says, For your servants take pleasure in her stones. It says, Everything in Zion appeals to us. When you reach that stage in your personal life, you are in a revival. You are in a revival. And you can see already by these two factors that you are far from revival. I mean you. You are far from it. Because there is no panty for God. There is no pleasure in the things of the kingdom as a way of life. You know it. You need to bring yourself into the revival. You need to bring yourself into the revival by panting for God. Number two, by taking pleasure in the things of the kingdom of God as a way of life. Number three, seeking after God in genuine repentance. When people begin to seek after God in genuine repentance, you must know that revival has broken out. You must know that revival has broken out. They did that in the book of Jonah, isn't it? Chapter 3. Verses 5 to 8. Jonah chapter 3. 
verses 5 to 8. Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. That is massive revival. That from the greatest to the least, to the least of them, everyone put on sackcloth. Verse number 6. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And this is what we need to do as a nation. Our kings, our rulers must humble themselves. Otherwise, there will be no change in this country. If we don't humble ourselves before God, to engage in genuine repentance and genuine seeking of God to help us out. There is no hope for the land. Far be it for God to help the proud. He does not. He resists the proud. He does not help the proud. What does he do with them? He resists them. That is God fights against the proud. Can I have the verse please? Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Verse number seven. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, test anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. Verse number 8. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. So this was seeking God in repentance, not only for, for people, human beings, but also for animals. Animals, dogs, cattle, everything were put on fasting. There has never been a revival like this since. And they cried mightily to God. Yea, the king said, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the fairness that is in his arms. When anything like this happens, then you must know that the land is in a revival. And you can imagine we are far from it. Number four. Signs of revival. Number four. Joy and rejoicing in the scriptures. 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 When you have such dimension of joy and rejoicing in the word of God, then you must know you are in a revival. But if reading the scriptures is burdensome, it is something that you are not keen to do. Just know that you are on spiritual comatose. You need urgent resuscitation. Otherwise, you are near death. The Bible says in Psalm 1 verse 2, His delight is in the law of the Lord. Yeah. His delight. His delight. Is your delight in the word of God? 
is del- your delight in the word of God. His delight, your delight, your delight, my friend, must be in the word of God. Your delight. Your delight. Ask whatever for me, is your delight in the word of God? Please demand an answer. Hmm? What are they saying? Huh? What are they saying? I'm asking you now. Don't lie in church. In Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse number 16. What does it say? It says, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me, hear this, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For the believer, I mean a genuine Christian. The word of God must be the joy and rejoicing of his heart. The joy and rejoicing of his heart. And when you experience anything like this, then you must know that you are in a revival. Number five. Number five. Signs of revival. Number five. Intense consistent and extended seasons of prayer. Intense, consistent, and extended seasons of prayer. When prayer is intense, when prayer is consistent, when prayer is extended, then you know you are in a revival. You just feel like praying at every available opportunity. Then you know you are experiencing personal revival. And when the church is always in prayers, they just know that the church. I'm not talking about two, three people meeting together. No. No. Where all congregations the entire congregation is keen to pray. You call for prayer. It's like, hey, is it a Sunday service in attendance? Then you know that the church has entered the season of revival. And my appeal is that we should enter into that season. We have been outside the revival arena. We need to enter inside. We need to enter into that arena. We need to enter into the season of revival. Not only as individuals, but also as a church. So many of you are too religious. In religion, our focus is on activity. Do you attend church? Yes, tick. When you went to church, did you give offering? Yes, tick. Well, I'm a very good Christian. But there's no commitment to things that really matter to God. No commitment. No personal vibrancy in your relationship 
with the king of kings and the honor of your life. In a revival, prayer is intense. The intensity of prayer is known by its groanings. Romans 8:26. Groanings. 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 Zechariah chapter 10 and verse number 12 talks about the spiritual members of the house of David. That they shall be filled. My God. 12 10, please. Is it 12 10? Let's begin with 12 10. Yeah. 12 10 of Zechariah. I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem. What kind of spirit? He says, the spirit of grace and the spirit of prayer. The spirit of prayer. When a people are saturated, when they are endued and possessed by the spirit of prayer, you know they are in a revival. They are in a revival. Where praying is not done as a, a matter of duty. They say we should meet at four. Let's go there because... Uh, if we don't go there, they look. They will look at us with a different eye. Let's let's register our presence. So attendance is just a matter of registering presence for the sake of peace, because we don't want them to be calling us. That's not revival. That's religion. And so many need deliverance from the spirit of religion. Where people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power that transforms. The power of godliness is denied. It's just a form. Language ungodly, attitude ungodly, decisions ungodly. But when you look at their commitment to activity, it's like, wow, these must be godly people. No, come close to them. You see that they are smelling spiritual wee-wee. Come close. See confession. How he runs his marriage is like this, 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 is, this is an unbeliever. The power of godliness has not been permitted in his life to change him. Number six. Signs of revival. Joy in attendance of church services. Joy in attendance of church services. But remember, it begins with planting. It doesn't begin with attending church. It begins with planting for, planting for God. Planting. Planting. If there is only attendance of church, but no planting of God, it's not revival. If there's no panting for God, there's only church attendance. That's not revival. But you can't be in a revival and not have the joy of attending church services. Is it making sense here? Come on. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Not forsaking, my God, the assembling of ourselves. Not forsaking. 
They are sampling of ourselves. Not for a second. They are sampling of ourselves. Never call yourself a member of a local church whose services you don't attend. No. No, sir. No. I'm a member of such a church, but it's been a while now since I last attended. Why not? I'll come to PICC. Then be here. How can you be here for six months, still call yourself a member of a different church? That's confusion. You are confused. Hallelujah. You see, in that Psalm 42, verses 1 to 2, when the man began to pant for God, when he saw, oh my God, began thirst for God, what was his next thing? Verse 2, please. He said, when thou I come and appear before God. You can't part for him and not appear before him. Is it making sense here? Coming to church for services is part and parcel of coming appearing before him. Those who love him appear in Zion. Those who love him appear Remember, they take pleasure in the stones thereof. Now, they take pleasure in the stones thereof away, at home. No, it means they come around. They come around. I gave, I mean, come on. I gave you Psalm 103, isn't it? Verse 14. I gave you Psalm 103 and verse 14. 102. Verse 102, please. For your sons take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. That is, there is no aspect of that interest to us. Whether it is a children excited. It's the youth dancing, we are excited. Whether it is the press team ministering in song, we are excited. Fretting about Zion is a pleasure to us. Let's have Psalm 84 now. It says 1 to 7. Psalm 84 says 1 to 7. Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints. Look at that. For the cause of the Lord. It's like Sunday is far. Tuesday is far. I want to be at the cell meeting. Thursday is far. I want to be at the wedding counter service. Sunday is far. I want to be there. He says, he says, my soul longs, even faints, 
for money. It, my, my soul is not fainting because my boyfriend hasn't caught me for three days. Those are the things that make you faint. So many of you. That you didn't read your Bible doesn't make you faint. But eh, you keep checking your WhatsApp. Eh? Huh. He hasn't responded. Eh? Eh, you want to call and there is no answer. Eh? And you want to call pastor. Papa. My boyfriend, oh. Now, don't call me. Let, let's be cons- concerned about things that are going to help us. Not things about boyfriend, girlfriend. Things that concern us. Things that matter. Things that have got eternal value. You're calling, eh? My boyfriend is not picking my course. Pastor, pray. I'm failing to sleep. Have you read your Bible over the past three days? No. That is what should make you not to sleep. That you didn't touch the Bible. That when we were fasting, you ran away from the fasting. You were busy eating. Those are the things that should bother your spirit. Where are you asking yourself to say, what kind of Christian am I? That others are fasting, I'm running away from it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Please. My soul longs, yes, even faints. For what? For the cause of the Lord. For the cause of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Next verse, quickly please. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Not those who visit. So many of us are visitors. Uh, Pastor, I'm a member here. I attended membership class. No. If you only come to this church once a week, on Sunday morning, first service, you are a visitor, not a dweller. Because this church has got home church meetings on Tuesday. You don't attend. Wedding counter service, you don't attend. My God. Morning glory bears, zero. Zero. You are a visitor. Sister visitor, brother visitor. The Bible says... Blessed are those who practically dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Verse number five. Now, listen to this. Verse number five, quickly please. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on what? Pilgrimage. Verse number six. As they pass through the valley of Bacar, which is the valley of praise, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. Now look at verse number seven. Now hear this. They go from strength to strength. Who are these? Each one appears before God. Where? Zion. That's not online watching. With all due respect to those that are with us online. No, they appear before God in Zion through the internet. Huh? You can only do that if it is practically 
possible to attend physically. But not when you are staying in area 49. Hmm? You are in area 49 and you are watching online. Somebody shout hallelujah. Number seven, quickly. The outbreak of signs, wonders, and diverse miracles. I'm showing you the signs of revival. The next one is the outbreak of signs, wonders, and diverse miracles. Revival is not true revival if it is not leading to the transformation of lives. The transformation of lives. Transformation of lives. People's lives are not changing. People are still on the same spot. That's not the revival. Where there is a revival, there will be an outbreak of what? Science. Signs are amazing happenings. Signs. Signs are things God will do to prove that he is a true God. So what happened to Naaman in Second Kings chapter 5 verses 1 to 15? The healing of Naaman when he went to dip himself in the river Jordan seven times. The instruction of Elisha, the servant of the Lord, that was a sign. A sign. A sign. A wonder, a wonder is an amazing happening that keeps your mouth involuntarily wide open. Is it making sense? An amazing happening that keeps your mouth involuntarily wide open. So they talk about wow. So wow means that your mouth must remain open. What? You're almost like coming out. What happened? Is it making sense? And then you have miracles. Miracles will speak of that which happens outside the known audience. Jesus walking on water. People getting healed without medical intervention. Those are miracles. Is it making sense here? And these are the things that become the order of the day in a revival. In a revival. Somebody shout hallelujah. In case you need a miracle, a sign, or a wonder, I decree this. May you receive one in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody is receiving a financial miracle, a marital miracle, a business miracle. A workplace miracle. If you are one of them, lift your right hand and shout amen three times. In Luke 6 and 19, Luke 6 and verse 19, the Bible says that everyone sought to touch Jesus. My God. Why? Because power went out of him. And healed them all. Without medical intervention. People got healed. People got healed. What kind of people? Let's look at them. Verse 17, please. 
who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. So these were people with diseases. Verse 18. People with diseases. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. These healed without any kind of medical therapy. Number eight. Signs of revival. Number eight. Large-scale manifestations of the Spirit. Where Christians operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 1 to 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 1 to 10. There are different manifestations, administrations, and services. And then from verse number 7, he says that the manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the good of all. And then he begins to talk about the kind of gifts that the Holy Spirit is busy distributing to the saints. And there is no child of God who is without a gift. Everyone has one or two or three or several gifts of the Spirit. In a revival, these gifts are allowed to manifest. So people get into visions. People get into, you know, um, dreams, which are manifestations of the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the word of wisdom. Somebody shout hallelujah. Ordinary Christians begin to heal the sick, raise the dead, work miracles. Why? Because we are in a revival. In a revival. In a revival. Number nine. Mass salvation of souls. Leading to multitudes flowing into God's house. Mass salvation of souls. Leading to multitudes flowing into God's house. It's a sign of revival. It's a sign of revival. When we see mass salvation of souls. And multitudes flowing into the house of God. So we can as well say that Jesus lived in a revival. In as far as multitudes were concerned. Talk less of miracles, signs, wonders. We are talking about Jesus living in a revival. Because, for example, in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says that it was noised abroad. That Jesus was in the house. Can I have Mark 2 quickly please? Yes. Verse 2. Immediately. Many gathered. Together. So that there was no longer room. To receive them. That is the place. Where we must be as a church. Where there is no empty seat. In the church. When we gather. Regardless of the size of the auditorium. Is it making sense here? Not everyone bringing someone. That is what they did at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus in John chapter 1. Yeah. When you read from 40 all the way to 50. You will see that people were calling one another. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see.
Pharisee. One of the two who held John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Verse 41. He first found his own brother, Simon. Everyone must find their own brother, their own sister, their own neighbor, their own cousin, their own work colleague, their own schoolmate. Bring them to church. That is how the church of God will be full. The king, the master, said, I want my house to be what? Filled. Luke 14, 23. I want my house to be filled. I want my house to be filled. We are not going to be a church that does not fill the house of God. We are not going to be Christians who do not fill the house of God. The Bible says, in Micah chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. What does it say? You can also capture Acts chapter 4, verse number 4, Acts chapter 5, and verse 14. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and peoples shall flow to it. You see, we need, <laughs> we need to move the current to the place where people begin to flow. It's a flow of people. Not a drop of people. Uh, that where a service is beginning at 6.30 and at 6.40 someone will drop with his family. And then another one at half seven drop. No. It's a flow. It's a what? A flow. Media. Why don't you keep the verse there? I think people are interested more in the verses than in anything else. It says, and the peoples. It's okay to say people, but the Bible is calling them peoples. Because these are multitudes. It's not like people from one house, or one tribe, or one profession. These are people from multiple backgrounds, multiple races, multiple families, multiple professions. And people shall flow into it. Verse 2, please. Many nations, look at that, shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He shall teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The last one, please. Number 10. Drive for kingdom service endeavors. That's another sign of revival. The drive, my God, for kingdom service endeavors. Call it brutal dedication to God's work. We have no problems spending the whole night doing the work of God. When increasingly you see brothers and sisters doing something like that, you must know we have entered the season of revival. But if you require people to wake up to midnight, you see people dragging their feet. Uh, when are we going to rest? Uh, that's why you are suffering arrest. No one's complaining. 
you need deliverance from spiritual apathy. In a revival, time does not matter. It was Paul who preached the whole night. The Bible says because he was leaving the place the following morning. And the church was to the extent that ushers had no place to stand. So they sat on windows. One of them was Eutychus. Who because of dozing and sleeping, he fell off the downstairs. He, he fell down from the upstairs. He fell downstairs. And he died. And Paul went down, raised him back to life, brought him back to his ushering position, and teaching continued in a revival. In a revival. They don't, they, in a revival, they don't look for cameraman. Say, hey, cameraman, where are you? Yo, this boy has just been raised from the dead. No. Because that is the order of the day. Miracles are the order of the day. How many are going to testify? Because there are so many. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me show you the master key for personal revival. The master key. There are many keys, but I want to give you the master key. The master key for personal revival. It is called, simply put, heart brokenness. That is what we are calling it. The master key of heart brokenness. Heart brokenness. Brokenness of a heart. Brokenness of the heart. Brokenness of the heart. Psalm 51 verse 17 please. Psalm 51 and verse number 17. We are closing. The sacrifices of God are a broken heart. Call it a broken spirit. A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. That is what God will not despise. Brokenness of heart. Can I have it in good news translation, please? Are you able to give it to me in good news translation? I don't have time. My sacrifice is a humble spirit of God. You will not reject a humble and repentant heart. That's the heart I'm talking about. So when we talk of a broken heart, we are talking about a heart that is humble. I need the verse, please. We are talking about a heart that is humble. A heart that is repentant. Is it making sense here? A humble and repentant heart. A heart that is acknowledging its helplessness outside the help of God. Can we now have Isaiah 57, verse 15? Isaiah 57, verse 15. The Bible says, For thus says the Lord, thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high 
and holy place. <laughs> now hear this. God is telling us there where he, where he dwells. Where does God dwell? In the high and what? Holy place. And then he says, in case you don't understand that, I dwell with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. These are people that God dwells with. Humble, heartbroken, contrite. For what purpose? Says to revive them, to revive them. These are the people that are going to be revived. Those that desire revival must embrace a broken heart. A heart that is desperate for God. A heart that is acknowledging that Lord, without you I can do nothing. Do you know that so many of us are not in this place? We are not in this place. God called right and humble. Contrite and humble. Contrite and humble. Look at how you behave in your business. When you look at yourselves for the week. Week one. Uh -uh. Sales are going down. Week two. Sales are going down. Week three. Sales are going down. You sit down with your team. You say, no, what, what we're going to do? Uh, I'll give you my credit card. Let's boost our Facebook page. The business Facebook what? Page. Let's boost it. You see your problem? Instead of telling your boys to say, okay, well, give me time. And then you go into his presence. Lord, why are the cells like this? The solution God is going to give you may not be that you should boost your business Facebook page. The reason why you go for such solutions is because you are not humble yet. You trust in your Facebook page more and your credit card more than you trust in God. That is why God becomes your last option on your line of defense. We have wasted so much money because we have not bothered to find out. Lord, why is the situation like this. I told a man who was sick, very sick. Hospitals referred him to all sorts of places, including abroad, and so on and so forth. He didn't have money. He sold his property. He had several houses, sold a couple of them, because he had to move from country to country looking for medical help, which never came. And then at the very last, after he had gone everywhere, came back, no news. He stumbled across someone who said, ah, why don't you come to church? I believe Jesus will do something about your situation. 
the man got healed instantly. But after losing his houses, he said, ah, is there any payment to make? No payment. Jesus heals for free. Because the sacrifice was already made on the cross. What? Why have I lost my property? Uh-huh. If you are not harmed, you become a loser. The highest form of humility is prayerfulness. You want to know? The highest form of humility is what? Prayerfulness. If you pray, you are proud. The highest form of humility is what? A life of prayer. When you pray, you say, I can't do it on my own. Prayer is what gets God involved in the affairs of men. It is clear, Isaiah 62, verses 6 to 7. Those of you who call upon the name of the Lord, do not give him rest. Do not give him rest. That is, praying is getting God busy with the matters you are praying to him about. I'm talking to you, are you getting the message here? The less you pray, the more proud you are. When you don't pray, you are simply saying, I can do it on my own. Is it making sense? I've given you a simple example of how someone will handle a business what? Transaction. Sales are going down. Week one, week two, week three. You know what I'm going to do? I'll give you my credit card. Let's boost our business Facebook page so that it can reach more people. No prayer. God is just looking at you. Eh, Mr. Proud Man. But those that are contrite and humble, they'll be saying, okay, 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 I've noted, I've taken note, I'll come back to you. And they go to the owner of themselves and say, what's going on here? And the Lord will be telling him, give a special offering. Give me what? An offering. And I will advertise this thing for you. That is different from boosting a Facebook page. Give me what? An offering. You give that offering, you will be surprised where customers will be coming from. You will be surprised. Where are they coming from? Who told you about this? No, the angel of the Lord, the God you have obeyed, will be speaking to them in their dreams. You want to buy a sofa set? This is a shop buy from. What? Where is it? You, the man is waking up and say, hey, there is a shop. Dalo, Dalo Ventures. Dalo Ventures, where is it? You Google on Facebook. Or check on Facebook or on the internet. Bam, bam. Hey, let's go. Area 47. And the man will be saying, no, I'm not buying two sets, I'm buying three. Something that has never happened in your business. Hallelujah. 
but you. No prayer. So you boost your page. $50. No one is coming. Sales are still going down. Okay, let's try $200 so that it can reach 55,000 people. And most of them are in Europe. <laughs> you are in trouble. Change your ways. It's time for revival. Please jump on your feet, everyone. Please. We rise with what? A shout. Please, may we all rise on our feet. Somebody give the Lord a shout! I want you, please, I want you one minute to pray for your personal revival in line with these ten indicators of a revival. Lift your voice. One minute, please. People, that's not how it works. Lift your voice and pray seriously. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Lift your voice seriously. You are praying seriously. You are praying seriously. You are praying seriously. Revivals, revival, personal revival. Revive me, Lord. Revive me. Pray. Revive me, Lord. Revive me. Revive me. Revive me. Revive me. Revive me. Revive me. I'm praying for revival, resuscitation. Revival, resuscitation. Revival, resuscitation. Revival, resuscitation. Revival, resuscitation, revival. Revival, revival, revival. Shakata Rakarebo Soto Rugadi Yakata Rakatan Basende Rigade Bakata Rakade Shakata Rakatala Basita Rigade Yakata Rekade Basuta Rigade Bakata Rakada Name. Um, in John chapter 10, verse 10, John 10 and verse 10, the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the Bible is telling us here about the existence of a thief. He can kill somebody, he can steal for the things of God. And if there is anything amiss in any aspect of your life, it is because there is a thief who must have done something against you. You are going to pray, scattering 
the thief who steals passion, fire, blessings, opportunities. You want to scatter him. You want to destroy his threefold mission of stealing, killing, and destroying. And you're going to announce that that mission of the thief against you and against the church will never prevail. Lift your voice. How many are praying? Online on ground, please lift your voice. The thief shall not succeed against you. The thief shall not succeed against the church. The thief shall not succeed against your family. In the mighty name of Jesus, his threefold mission of stealing, killing, and destroying. We scatter, we destroy it, we pull it down in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shakata Rakatala Mahande. Yakata Ragade Bakuta Ragadaya. Zakanda Ragadele Bobo Suta Ragade. Shakata Ragadala Bakuta Ragadaya. Zakanda Rigade. Bakuta Ragadaya, Yakata Ragadana Baba Tarekede. His his plan of stealing, killing, and destroying, destroying the church, killing the church, destroying our lives, killing our lives. We scatter, 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 we scatter. In the name of Jesus. Yakata <laughs> In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Lift your hands. I decree this hour. That the threefold mission of the thief of stealing, killing, and destroying shall never prevail against you in the name of us. If there is anything that was already stolen from you, we declare restoration. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare restoration of passion. Restoration of the fire of God. Restoration of your zeal for the things of the Spirit. Restoration of your delight in the Word of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Any power hampering your spiritual life is destroyed in the name of Jesus. 
Paul said we had wanted a couple of times to come to you. He was writing to the church in Thessalonica. He said, but Satan hindered us, especially I, Paul. I was hindered. I decreed this hour. Every satanic hindrance against your spiritual progress, your career progress, your marital progress, your ministerial progress is broken in the name of Jesus. The hindrance is melted in the name of Jesus. The hindrance scatters right now in the name of Jesus. Please, can I hear a shout of amen there? In, jo- I mean, Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 20, when the walls of Jericho collapsed, the Bible says, people went straight in. People went straight in. People went straight in. I decree, concerning your life, no more delays. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus. You are entering straight forward. Blessing. Into your testimony. Into your promotion. Into your change of levels. In the name of Jesus. You believe it? Can I hear a loud shout of amen here? Hallelujah. Listen to this. I saw something that I never thought about in Acts chapter 12. Reading from verse 7 going down to 10. Peter is cast into prison and the church is praying for him. And the Bible says, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by Peter in the prison house. And the light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise, quickly, quickly. I decree this hour. May your change of level happen quickly. In the name of Jesus, your arising is happening quickly. I said your arising is happening quickly. No one shall stop you. Nothing shall hinder you. No power shall slow you down. In the name of Jesus. You believe that? Shout amen three times quickly. That's not the point. That's not the point. That's not the point. Arise quickly. And immediately, hear this. His chains fell off his hands. Hands were chained. Hands will speak of your productivity. Spiritual productivity. Career productivity. Family productivity. Financial productivity. I decree this hour. Any chain to productivity is broken in the name Jesus. I said that chain is broken in the name of Jesus. I said that chain is broken in the name of Jesus. Those of you whose careers were tied, I decree that chains are breaking off your careers. That chains are breaking off your family. That chains are breaking off their hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pronounce the blessing of the Lord upon the works of your hands. Whatever you do shall prosper. In October and December this year, these three months, 
the last quarter of the year, my God, shall be for you a season of testimonies, a season of breakthroughs, business prosperity. I said business prosperity, financial abundance, spiritual progress. In the mighty name of Jesus, everything of you and about you is experiencing supernatural revival. Supernatural revival. Supernatural revival. I said supernatural revival. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please, you believe that? Can I hear loud a shout of amen here? Verse 8. Then the angel said to him, Gild yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And so he did. The season of revival is a season of taking responsibility. Don't just hear the message like the one you have received and do nothing about it. No. No. Take responsibility. And the Bible says, he said to him, put on your garments and follow me. Verse number 9. So he went out. Peter went out and followed the angel. And he did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But he thought he was seeing a vision. Verse number 10, please. Listen. They were inside the prison. And Peter got out of the prison. Are you getting the message here? And they came to the first gate. They passed it. Is it making sense here? And then, the second gate. And they what? Managed to pass that gate. And the Bible says, and then they came to the iron gate. Please listen. They came to the iron gate. Thankfully, the iron gate also opened and the man went into the city. Is it making sense? Hallelujah. That tells us that life has got gates. Life has got what? Gates. And how far you go depends on which gate has allowed you to pass. Some of you, when you look at your perks, your services, your skills, your capacities and abilities, you should have gone by the iron gate by now. Your products should have gone far and wide in terms of customers, in terms of coverage of sales. But some gates have refused to open for you. Some gates. Because who is going to see your products and services if all you have done is to pass the first gate, the second gate, and the iron gate says no? Who is going to buy? It's only the guards who are going to buy your products. When the whole should have access to your products. But what is the challenge? The iron gate 
is yet to open. I want you to fetic prayer. Isaiah 26 verse 2. Isaiah, the gate must open for you. For your announcement. The announcement of your skills. The announcement of your products. The announcements of your services. Open the gates. Have you seen it? Open the gates. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter. You may be righteous. But if the gate into marriage does not open, you will remain single. Can you marry yourself? My friend, this is an important prayer. The gate must open because I must be announced. I need to access the city. I must be in the city. I must be at the center of trend industry. I must be at the center of driving the affairs of the land. I must have access to the streets of the city. To the streets of the city. The gate must enter me. The financial gate. The marital gate. The business gate. The ministry. The business gate. The marital entrance gate must open unto me. Lift your voice and begin to pray. How many are praying? Lift your voice. The gate must open unto me. That open the gates. Whoever shut my gate. Whoever shut my financial gate. My marital gate. My business gate. My career gate. Open the gate. Open the gate. Open the gate. It's not one gate opening to me. No. The first gate must open. The second gate must open. The again must open unto me. Must open unto me. Must open unto me. The hour of my announcement has come. The hour of my announcement has come. The case must open. The case must open. The case must open. The case must open. Shakata Ragadi. Zakanda Ragadere Bobosa. Zakata Ragadia Mahande. Zakata Ragade. Lukanda Rigadia. Zakata Ragade. The case must open. 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 In the mighty name of Shakata Rakadere Bosuta. My gates must open. The everlasting doors. The everlasting gates. Open. 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 Because my season of entrance has come. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus, my season of entrance has come. My season of entrance has come. My season of entrance has come. In the name of Jesus, Shakata Ragadere Bobosaya. Kataragade. Zakata Ragadere Bosutarigadia.
Jesus mighty name we have prayed hallelujah one day I received a man in my church office who narrated how he was suffering financially he was almost homeless a family man he said pastor I don't understand why I'm, suffer I'm, I'm, I'm suffering like this because I'm highly skilled and he's a brilliant designer he showed me his works magazines newsletters posters I said wow I said why are you you are not supposed to be suffering like this what's going on you know what the gate was shut the gate Yes, I shan't. There is nothing you can do. You need to deal with the gate. Otherwise, your skills, your good looks, and all advantages and resources you have will not work, sir. The nation may be richer. The gates must open for the nation to what? To enter. That's what Isaiah 62 is telling us there. The righteous nation was locked out. Locked out. Locked out. Why? The gates were shut. The gates were closed. If that is where you have been, outside the gate, where you are supposed to be inside, a decree this hour, your gates are wide open. joking with you. I said this week is your week of divine visitations. Somebody is getting connected with destiny helpers. And this is the week it will be happening in the name of Jesus. You believe that? Can I hear you loud a shout of amen? Psalm 23 and verse 6 Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you.